This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Better Angle on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Join the conversation on twitch.tv slash BetQL. Welcome back into The Better Angle here on the BetQL Network. Cam Smith, Kate Constable here joining you talking some NBA and we're going to bring in Mark Willard host of Willard and Dibs on 95.7 the game in the Bay Area Mark thank you so much for joining us today how are things out in the Bay Area this afternoon everything is great in the uh the the post Jordan Poole era (laughs) the sun is is still shining so so everything is okay What's the sentiment sentiment uh, among fans or, or you know people in the area after this big trade with Jordan Poole gone and Chris Paul now coming in as a Golden State Warrior? Well, there's a lot there because the first and foremost, uh, their hands are up the same way Chris Paul's are after every call on the floor, right? Because <laughs> this, this, this guy has been uh, an anti-warrior. He has been an enemy of this team and this fan base for a long, long time. So this is one of those moments where people are trying to wrap their head around someone who who was always uh, on the other side suddenly joining. So there's a little bit of an emotional deal that the fans need to go through there. Uh, But the other side to it, uh, while, while many don't like the trade from a basketball sense, I think people are starting, uh, if they're not already there to gain an understanding of why, a deal like this needed to to be made, and it's really twofold. It is the the attitude and relationships within the organization from Jordan Poole had soured to a point where they needed to move on. And then the other side to it is clearly financial. They want more flexibility sooner rather than later. So putting $30 million into Chris Paul for one year as opposed to doing it every year for the next four may allow Clay Thompson uh, the, the, the potential to finish his career with the Warriors, and, and even if not, it's going to give them flexibility as their aging core finishes their career. They'll be ready to go after some new stars uh, as soon as possible when those guys are done. All right, Mark. Now, speaking of that aging core, we got to talk about Draymond Green with his availability now to the rest of the NBA and teams trying to, you know, pursue him and whatever offer they can give him since he declined his player option. What do you think happens with Draymond in terms of with the Warriors? I I would be shocked, and I know that people were shocked with Jordan Poole being traded to Washington in exchange for Chris Paul, but I just can't see Draymond Green on another team and Golden State not being the team that he returns to next season. Uh, I'm completely with you. The word the word shocked is absolutely appropriate, and in fact, I would uh, I would actually guess this is this is more one of those things that's already kind of done. Um, but uh, money always has to line up, and I did read some of the rumors from the last 24 hours, is such as the Sacramento Kings are going to come after him, or Draymond Green putting on his Instagram story that Stephen A. Smith said. He's definitely still worth $100 million. You, you see all of that stuff go public, and it tells me that Clutch Sports 
is probably trying to get a few million extra dollars out of the Warriors, but I don't really read it as anything other than that. The Warriors have publicly stated we can't win a title without him. I don't see how they would say that publicly if they didn't feel good about keeping him. And Draymond Green has said publicly that, that he wants to go out with the people he wrote in with, meaning Steph and Clay. And, and so uh, the, the marriage is destined to, uh, to happen. And I would expect uh, that uh, very early when, when free agency opens here next week that, that an announcement will be forthcoming. Mark, uh, let's assume that Draymond's back, right? So the Warriors have basically, well, not basically, they do have the exact same starting lineup as last year, which means Chris Paul has to come off the bench. Is that where you see him fitting into this lineup? I, I can't see him anywhere else. And that's one thing that everyone brought up over the last 48 hours, which is we are uh, under the assumption that conversations between the Warriors and Chris Paul and his representatives uh, happened prior to this deal to ensure that Chris would be willing to do that. He has not come off the bench ever, not once, not one time in his entire NBA career. Uh, but I don't see any other way for it to go uh, with this Warrior squad. You would be uh, you would be size challenged. You would be defensively challenged if you were going to start a backcourt of Chris Paul and Steph Curry together. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So. Um, that's definitely the way I see it. I, I, I sure there will be games that he starts. Uh, this is a team that will use load management. It's a team that will probably suffer from some injuries next year. Um, but they, they want somebody to run the second unit who will be a pass first player and not turn the ball over so much. That's why they turned Jordan Poole into Chris Paul. All right, Mark, we talked about the Golden State Warriors and just the changes that, that are going on roster-wise and possibly more additions with the NBA free agency coming up next Friday. So with this team that we have now that we foresee, um, obviously Kate talked about the starting five of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, if he comes back, and we believe that he will, along with Kevon Looney. Where does this Warriors team stack up in the Western Conference and in the NBA? Obviously with the Denver Nuggets coming off their franchise's first NBA championship. What do you think that pecking order is in the West? Yeah, I mean, I, I still believe it to be a, a top five team in the West. Obviously, Memphis um, has, has kind of gone uh, a little bit of a different direction here. There are big questions with how both of the L.A. teams will recalibrate. I think there's a very big assumption of health. That's, that's not an easy one to make with a team that's this old. But if they get it, then I, I, I do think that's still a top-five team. But, but yeah, they've got uh, still a, a recalibration of their own that, that, that they need to go through. It's, it's probably just going to be additions of, of, of veteran minimum guys. That's really all they're going to have to offer. I have heard that they are now willing to, uh, to have a payroll along with luxury tax penalties that will go as high as $430 million, Jeez. which is crazy. They were up over 370 last year. So they're willing to put the pieces in. I think that's the messaging of all of this. They would like to become a smarter team, more buttoned up, more veteran savvy, and above all, all in on the rest of Steph Curry's career. So whatever it is they feel that they uh, that they can do, uh, they, they still will go out and do it. Well, that's uh, good luck to uh, Mark Willard. The, uh, not Mark Willard, I'm sorry, but New Warriors GM, New Warriors GM Mike Dunleavy Jr. who Mike took Dunleavy. over. So, like, he's going to be in a yeah. situation where he has to make that money work. 
I will I will trade jobs with him if he's if he's looking to do that. <laughs> uh, I, he, I, I, I candidly he does make more than me, but uh, I don't, you're you're right. Uh, he's got more pressure on him than I do as well, uh, no doubt. I mean, it, it, you know, and the the one thing about that though is, and and I, I realize that fans always want to look at one person as the decision maker. But the handoff from Bob Myers to Mike Dunleavy Jr. really is a continuity play. Mike was in the room before. He's in the room now. He's not in there by himself. I don't think the Warriors were caught off guard by the departure of Bob Myers. And so, you know, even the Warriors admitted they didn't even interview anyone for this. They just kind of went, all right, we're going to keep doing what we're doing without Bob in the room. But it's the same group. So um, I I think he steps in, even though he's a first-time GM, knowing exactly what the score is, knowing how that organization thinks and feels and, and what they were planning to do this offseason. So, um, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of things that are hung around his shoulders uh, based on what they do this offseason, but, but I, I believe that, that he's prepared and ready for it. We're talking to Mark Willard. He is the host of Willard and Dibs and 94-7, the game out in the Bay Area. Mark, what do you make of the Warriors' draft picks on Thursday? At number 19, they took Brandon uh, Podzemski, maybe butchering that name, and then uh, Trace Jackson Davis at uh, 57. Either of those two, um, you know, do you see them getting some minutes next year? Yeah, so the the cool thing with how hard it is to say Pajemski is the other draft pick, you can just say TJD. Right? So one hard one, one easy one. Um, but uh, what, what I make of those picks is kind of along the lines of what they had done earlier in the day. There is a messaging piece to all three moves, which is the Warriors all said, we need smarter players who are thinking on a team concept, who are pass first. It was very, very clear what they were doing. Um, they soured on, and it's not just Jordan Poole, I think a little bit of Jonathan Kaminga here as well. They had a hard time last year getting very young players to sort of play uh, the warrior way, if you would call it. There, there, there were issues there with the, with the connectivity that, that, that the team used out, out on the basketball floor. So what they did was they went out and got uh, some guards who really love to pass. Uh, and then they went out and got a big man who played four years in college and is going to walk in already older than about five other players on the roster. So very experienced, a guy who as a big man is also a great passer. It was very clear what they were doing. They want team guys uh, to come in and pass the ball because we all know they've already got the shooters. And you brought me right to my point uh, and the question I was going to ask you, Mark. I mean, I know we're going Warriors heavy on this one, but Jonathan Kaminga, with the, I'm not going to say decline, but just the adjustment that he had to make this season with the Warriors. And we saw how pivotal he was with Golden State uh, a season prior to where he was able to help them out a lot, especially on the run to that NBA championship against the Celtics. What do you think the message is to him that he's getting from the Warriors front office, especially with the trading of Jordan Poole? Because that was a time where you would think that Poole, Kaminga, and a couple of other guys, the young guys that they had on their roster at the time, were going to be the next torch carriers for Golden State, but that's not the case anymore. Yeah, don't forget James Wiseman earlier right. in the year yeah. either. Like, so you, you you're looking at, a, at at what has been, I think, a very uh, very clear message to Jonathan Kaminga and all young players. Like, it is going to be it's a my way or the highway type of a thing. 
and, and some people don't think that's fair, but when you have three players who have accomplished what Steph Clay and Draymond have, uh, that, that's the way it's going to be. And so I think they're still very high on Kaminga. I, I think he got bumpy down the stretch a little bit. I think he was unhappy. I don't think he handled that perfectly. But I think what they're saying to him is, we are still very bullish on your future, but you've got to open your ears and, and trust us and, and do it our way. So he is probably going to still be the one who is able to navigate through this and remain a warrior. Um, they've sort of said this is a shared deal. It's upon them to get him more minutes, but it's upon him to handle those minutes a little bit better. And I think there's one that's one aspect of the Chris Paul trade that fans of Jonathan Kaminga can be excited about. That's a great move for him. You think about him being on the floor in the second unit with Jordan Poole as the ball handler, a guy who is looking largely just for his own shot and, and, and is it, it kind of a turnover machine at times. Instead, you bring in Chris Paul, who, you know, the guy who, who ran Lob City. Uh, if I'm Jonathan Kaminga, I'm thinking to myself, well, I know how to finish a lob, so let's do some of that here. So that, that may end up being a really great opportunity uh, for him to have a leader and a pass-first mentality on the floor when he's out there. Mark, we got about uh, a minute and a half left here. Switching things over to the NFL. 49ers, they have the second shortest odds to win the NFC, plus 350 over at BetMGM. But they still have some question marks as to who's starting for quarterback. What are you hearing um, out of uh, the 49ers camp right now? The thing is, is that I think they're allowing it to be a question mark, but to them it's not. Brock Purdy's their quarterback. He will be the starter. They have every reason to believe, and even more than they had a couple of months ago, that he is absolutely going to be ready on time. Uh, the reason they're not being more firm about that uh, is because of the, the obvious sort of politics at play, if you will, with Trey Lance, where he was drafted, where he was coming from, and all of that. But I, I don't think Kyle Shanahan is sitting around going, can't wait for this quarterback battle to open up on August uh, 3rd or whatever. He knows exactly who his guy is, and, uh, and they are open to if Trey Lance continues to develop or if Brock gets hurt. I mean, they've been so besieged by quarterback injuries in the past. I think they're happy to have three different guys they can, uh, they can potentially turn to. Um, but uh, this whole quarterback battle idea is, is not real. Brock, Brock Purdy is the quarterback of the 49ers. Real quick, uh, nine to one odds to win the Super Bowl. You throwing any cash down on that? I, I think I think it's a pretty good play. I mean, I know everyone's got questions about the quarterback, but the rest of the roster is absolutely unmatched mm -hmm. across the NFL. And and who else besides the Eagles in the NFC really really scares you? Um, you know, I'm sure there will be other teams emerge, but it's it's not a bad play. Yeah, I, I kind of like, like that. I like, I like it, Mark. Thank you so much. I, I feel like I've heard birds chirping in the background, so go enjoy your Saturday uh, wherever you are. <laughs> I told you the sun was shining out here, so I did the whole thing outside. You're absolutely nice. Right. Love it. Nice. Love it. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, right, Mark. Guys.